This is In the Neighborhood on Peoria Life, uh, peorialife.com. Stacy Borjo. Morning. And we have Pastor Jake Mills, with, if I can say your name right, <laughs> Pastor Jake Mills with us today. Good morning. Um, the idea behind In the Neighborhood is, you know, we're, we're just sitting here uh, in our nice little studio like everybody else has, and like in walks a guest, and because they're in the neighborhood, they, we just start talking. So That's right. um, today we're going to talk about Father's Day and... Jake is a new pastor in our area for Great Oaks Church. Yep. So um, kind of give us an introduction of who you are. And sure. So I am Jake Mills. I've been, a, been in ministry for a bunch of years. I just got here about a month ago or a month and a half ago. Became the new lead pastor of Great Oaks, which is out in Germantown Hills outside of Peoria. I have three great kids, young kids, eight three and one, and my wife Erin, and uh, we used to be uh, lead pastors in, or I used to be a lead pastor in Green Bay, uh, Wisconsin, and then before that we were missionaries in China. So yeah, that's our, that's our story. Pretty awesome. I go to Great Oaks, and we got to know each other, we all got to know each other when you moved here. Yeah. As a real yeah. estate officer. Uh, you need to buy a house. These guys are the <laughs> ones to call Thanks. right here. Thanks. But We've actually never had that <laughs> plug ever really? in the hundred and this is our hundred and second show. We've never done that. Huh. You're our first customer to come on the show with us. Well, that's pretty cool. It's a good thing I had a good experience. Otherwise it'd be bad for We'd you. We'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble. So Great Oaks is um awesome. It's a, kind of a non denominational denominational church. Yeah. Um, and sister churches. Name some of the sister churches that people might know. Uh, Grace Church in Morton, Northwoods, here in Peoria. Um, okay. There's about there are other ones. five of them. Yeah. Is that right? And I, because I'm new, really, you should know the answer. <laughs> I, I here, should. But but. Define sister church. <clears throat> within the same network or denomination, right. or work closely together. Yeah. So. Richwoods would or would not be considered that. Well, they're not quite the same. I mean, we're believe a lot of the same things. But so yeah, they just... could be a, a sister church if we work together and stuff. It's not yeah. a it's not a close. I only thought group. of that right. too because um, you know our pastors would do the swap, and oh, Pastor cool. Cal would come to our. So right now we're doing it, but Cal didn't come along. But Devereaux and King came are coming to our church. So this weekend we have Devereaux coming to speak to our congregation. That's from, cool. So uh, in between Metamora and Germtown is where the church is. Yeah. And um, how many people attend? Uh, we've been having like between seven and eight hundred. Okay. So it's a it's a good sized church, it's especially for size. the area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how many services? Two services, nine and ten forty-five. So come check us out. Contemporary style um, music. Um, it's not not a very traditional church. Lots of young families. Lots and lots of young families. So we have tons of kids. Okay. So you um, pastored in China. I was a missionary in China. Okay. So we did uh, training for pastors. So we lived in Wuhan and Xi'an, these two cities of about a, uh, 11 million people each. And so just little towns, no big deal. Um, so we would go outside of those cities and do trainings in rural areas of, of pastors. Uh, mm. So And then I also taught at a seminary in, in Wuhan, Greek, I taught um, biblical Greek and Chinese, so that was fun. Yeah. Biblical Greek and, and Chinese. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So that our, our thrust was, was helping, coming alongside pastors, young pastors, or, or not, any kind of pastor, and uh, just doing training. So uh, what's the church like in China? Oh, man, it's a big question. Um, Underground? It's huge. <laughs> and so there's two basic types of the church in China, underground and registered church. Mm -hmm. So a long time ago, the registered church was like considered evil, heretical, you know, kind of a government... Uh, style church, but now there are a lot of churches, a lot of provinces um, that good solid Christians have gotten into and been in for a couple decades. And so where we were in Wuhan, in Hubei province, the registered church was a solid group of churches. Um, so there's kind of two different styles, but or two different kinds. Underground church, obviously, the, the government is, isn't sanctioning those churches, and they are much larger than the, than the registered church. So I, I asked the question yesterday, what was one of the most impactful things in your life? And you said moving to China. Yeah. Yeah, moving to China, I mean, the most impactful thing in my life is that, you know, Christ came into my life and, and transformed me. But outside of that, and I guess marriage probably ranks up there, I should say that. Uh, but <laughs> outside of that, uh, uh, this experience in China just really shaped us. Um, my wife and I took our three-month-old daughter at the time, our first kid, and uh, it just, in a lot of ways, uh, transformed us, it transformed me ministry-wise, like as far as what, how I feel and what I think about the gospel, how I explain the gospel. Um, and then just personally, we were, it was just us, you know, we, I mean, we had some teammates and stuff, but mm -hmm. it was just, you know, Aaron and I had to either love each other or give up, you know, so we, we really, we had been married already four or five years, but uh, we really became very, very close while we were in China and depended on each other a lot and learned how to be a dad, learned how to be a mom in China, so... Mm -hmm. How did you get to China? Like that's such a. Did you grow? Where did you grow up? We took planes, but you could. <laughs> okay. You, wanted, you could. I'm glad you didn't take the slow boat. That's right. That you would have been hard. Boat. That would have been years ago. They took that. Um, <laughs> we were youth pastors in Abilene, Texas, okay. where we're from, and or I was a youth pastor, and uh, we were on a short-term mission trip to China. Two weeks, we took like 33 people. Uh, students and others, and uh, doing some work there, and it just Aaron and I were we were doing a prayer prayer walk. The um, the whole group was, and we were separate but praying. And uh, afterwards, came together and just said, "Hey, I felt something weird from God." You know, like, well, so did I. You go first. You know, so that's one of those things. But it was that you know God wanted us to to move there, and so we. Went back, and I, my wife Erin is like, once she feels like God has spoken, she's like, all right, what's the holdup? Let's go, you know? Did you buy tickets yet? And I'm like, we just got home, you know? But uh, I'm more of a let's wait and make sure. So we waited a year, um, talked through it, prayed through it, got counsel, and decided it was God. So then from there, we had to raise money, um, mm -hmm. and we jumped on a plane. Kind of had to Kennedy was born during that time. Kind of had to learn Mandarin at that time? We didn't learn any Mandarin before we went, so we, we went to language school when we got there. It was a one-on-one -on -one language school in Xi'an, so we learned really fast and um, saw a lot of success with that. And then if you guys were learning together, then you could speak it at home, and that would yep. help tremendously. Yeah, except for if 
you'd think so, but then like your brain is so tired from oh, sure. <laughs> the classes that you want to speak English when you get home. But right. what does help, obviously, is just the immersion. Like you got to go buy groceries, you got to get around town, so you need to be able to speak Mandarin to do that. So, mm -hmm. how do you say I don't know in Chinese? Well, put you down. Yeah. <laughs> Did would, you get I, that? I would be. We'll put you down. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. We'll, we'll put you down. Oh. <laughs> we'll put you down. We'll put you down. Okay. Well, that I would be saying that the whole time. <laughs> what you should say is tingudong, which means I don't understand. Tingudong. Tingudong. It's easy. <laughs> it's kind of a neat language. It is. Yeah, yeah it's tonal. So it's cool. So is it hard? Is it hard to learn? Yeah, it's pretty hard to learn. I. I saw some success, and I think we were pretty young going. We were the youngest on our team, uh, and so that in every year helps, you know, as far as being young for, for language learning specifically. So that helped us. Um, I studied Greek and Hebrew in, in college, and so I already liked languages, so that helped too. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but yeah, it's a difficult language. Most, you know, most people, for English speakers, rank it pretty high as one of the most difficult so we, we it's difficult because of the characters. You got to learn oh. spoken, and it's tonal. And our our language, you know, tone carries um, different kinds of you know emotion or whatever. But in their language, it's you know it matters for the actual meaning of the, the word. That's the way it raises or right. lowers. So like the word ma m a ma means to like curse somebody out, mm -hmm. and ma means horse, and ma means numb. And ma means mom. Hmm. So wow. that's just four. There's more. There's not more tones, but there's more ma's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So it's crazy. So talk to us about missions a little bit. Because we talked just a little bit yesterday. You know, 20 years, you know, 40 years ago, we were sending all these missions to Africa. And now Africa is sending back to us. And sure. what is a, what's a mission, I guess, now? Um, well, I mean, the idea of missions is just that we are uh, doing our part in the, the big mission, the Missio Dei, the mission of God, um, to win the world back to Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. So, uh, but we use the term missions to mean that we leave our country to go to a different country to share the gospel. So today, missions... You know, takes different forms in different countries. You know, if you're in the Middle East, then you're, and maybe in China too, you're undercover, kind of. You know, you're not out on the street corner. Uh, but if you're in Latin America, maybe you're planting a church or um, coming alongside a, a Latin American pastor in, in the open. Uh, so it's, it just looks different. You know, when you're in Europe, you're dealing with post Christian people. Um, you know, I think like 1% of, of Europe is considered. Um, Christian, so it's it's just different. They Seriously, have of, they have a lot of beautiful churches, but nobody's home. Basically, yeah, right? yeah, a lot of oh, lot of beautiful churches, cathedrals that have been turned into bars and other things, just because there's you know they've closed. Um, so definitely a post-Christian feel there. Where you know here we're not maybe we're not there yet, but but we're getting there. Um, and it that's debatable. Some people would say we're already there. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That just blew me away. Yeah. Well, because I consider myself a missionary, um, but I've gone on short-term missions. And uh, so, yeah, you walk in and, and you're 
going alongside them or introducing something to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been in Africa and Brazil and Haiti and India, and they're all different. But some already have, you know, they already know about God, and then you're just confirmation. Sure. Um, that's what we've been told is that just from us being present was an answer to their prayer that God loved them. Like, mm. they just wanted to see it. And it's, it's yeah. something as simple as that. Or helping them get the supplies to start building the church that they want. And then the worshiping that they do yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. Where they, they're praying. I have one of the guys on my Brazil mission crew, Henry, he says, the one thing that he's always learned is how much they pray and how happy they are with absolutely nothing. Yeah. But then other areas, like you said, in China, you're underground and you're hidden and you have to hide what you're passionate about, mm -hmm. which... So did you have to experience that? Like, were you in some of the underground? Uh, so we stayed away from the underground church because, you know, in China, obviously, it's monoethnic, basically. There's really like 56 minorities in China, but you don't know that. But 93% or something are all the Han Chinese. So I'm just saying they look the same, and they don't look like me. <laughs> so when I go to an underground church, it, it would, you know, um, draw attention, and they would get in trouble. So okay. uh, we stayed away uh, because of that, and worked with the registered church. And if anybody ever reached out to us, you know, we would we would help as much as we can. Sure. But uh, we had to just be careful. Like when we did trainings, we used I used my Chinese name, and uh, we, uh, you know, if the religious affairs bureau or the foreign affairs bureau person showed up, I just hid in a hotel room or something. So it was just you know, and it, same thing at the seminary. I would teach. I taught every week, uh, but. You know, I might get a call saying, don't come today, because, uh, uh, you know, there wasn't supposed to be any foreign involvement in teaching. Mm -hmm. So things like that. Uh, and then we had to have a visa. So, you, you know, you can't get a missionary visa or religious visa. So you got to be teaching English or learning, you know, enrolled in school, something, a business visa. So how did you go over there then? We got uh, student visas. So... First, we were learning Chinese, and everybody gets student visas when you're doing that. Then when we moved to Wuhan and started really working with um, training pastors, uh, I just enrolled at a college uh, in a graduate program. So it was all Chinese, and it was um, philosophy of religion. So it was within the philosophy department. So I took classes in Marxism and um, Buddhism and Taoism and all of that, all in Chinese. It was really hard, <laughs> language-wise, but wow. it was a lot of fun, and and I didn't make that my main thing. You know, I just kind of did that on the side. I didn't kill myself to be the best student ever, and then I I did the church stuff, you know, for real. But my son just came back from Peru and pretty excited right. about everything that they did there, and it was quite the experience. You can yeah. you can tell it on his face, and it was a life-changing thing for him. Yeah. Every picture that we have of him, you know, when Pastor Chris was there and uh, took, he has a big smile on his face and he was in his element. Just really cool experience. It's really cool. So, so your father, um, we talked about what impacted your life, but as a father, what do you think was probably one of the biggest impacts? From, from my father or as a father? Uh, either one. Either Both. one. On your, <laughs> on your fatherhood, what has been the biggest impact for you? Um... I think uh, my dad was a good example of a good father. Um, he he loved us, uh, you know, affectionate. I wasn't scared to say I love you. Said, said it all the time, actually. Um, you know, lived faith at home. 
that kind of stuff. Um, for me, uh, personally, as far as the way I father uh, my, my kids, uh, my faith, you know, is just central in that. I don't understand how you could be a father or a good father without faith, uh, because it's hard. You know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to, to, to do that. Um, but, yeah, I love being a dad. I mean, I, I just love it. I know that some people, some guys struggle with babies and, you know, being goofy with kids and whatever. That's not me. I, I love it. So yeah. um, my daughter, Kennedy, who's eight, is just, you know, I love all my kids. But she, because I've been with her eight years, she's, she's my joy and I, I love her. She's a very sweet child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my son Joshua, love him too. My son, my daughter Hannah, love her. So I just want to make sure we <laughs> put them all out but, there. Uh, my, my daughter Hannah, you just see, see her once and you're like, oh my yeah, gosh, she's, she's, she's got me, you know. Yeah. And my son is, we wrestle and, you know, have fun and, and just, you know, he's, he's all about that. So I've always talked about our, my favorite episode was with Chuck Weaver, mm-hmm. our first show with him was on Father's Day or around Father's Day and uh, one of his comments was that well he said all but I would say majority of all of America of uh, Peoria's problems would be solved if fathers stepped forward I totally agree and yeah. you know that that's pretty that's pretty impactful yeah. uh, the power of just men doing what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. you know and the thing is, you know, what I always try to tell fathers is, you know, we're not asking you to, to be a rocket scientist. We're not asking you to be a theologian, even if we're talking about within the confines of faith. Uh, we're just asking you to show up. We're asking you to just be there. And just, I think the key is, you know, uh, young parents can get so busy with everything else and look up and 10 years has gone by and you've lost it. You've missed it. And... Um, so I, I'm always pushing that intentional conversation. Like today, have a have a conversation. Sit down with a calendar and figure out how you're going to parent your kids this summer. Um, just just that one, just stop. You know, take a beat, think it through, be intentional. I think is is the key. I think if we would all just do that one thing, um, we would be doing a lot better. Yeah, so. being a father is pretty amazing. I mean. It's a little scary. <laughs> well, there are times it's a lot scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going, can I do this and make this happen? Mm-hmm. And I, I got to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm afraid that this one little circumstance will be so impactful that it'll change their lives and I'm forever a terrible parent. But then I got to watch other parents and how they do things with their kids and their ter- kids turned out awesome. And yeah. it's like... Yeah, you know, you know, you you do the steps every day that you can, and you know, be the best you can be, and yeah. it'll all work out. We're not talking about perfection, you right. know. We we show up and we we be the dad we love. We spend time, uh, but in the end, we trust that God is going to give grace where our imperfections, you know, come to the surface and. That, you know, we have to trust in God's grace, trust in God's grace. It's not going to be perfect. But if you're, if you're being intentional, you're planning, you're trying to make the priorities that you say are priorities, you know, at the top, may actually make them be that. Because um, I think what happens is we say faith is primary, 
Christ is primary, love is primary, being a father is primary, but then we don't set our lives up to where that it matches that. We don't put the scaffolding up to, to make it to where we can actually achieve that. Um, so that's where it, where it happens. Instead, we're at baseball games every five seconds, and our kids are never in church, and we're, we don't ever see them because we chose a position that you know, has us out three weeks out of four weeks. You know, So yeah. I think those decisions that follow that, what you say or what you think is primary, is, is where it's at. So I, I guess my most impactful time as a father was before I was a father. There was, uh, I can remember sitting in church and this couple came in and sat behind us and uh, yeah, I think my soul kind of cringed when they came in because they, they had just lost a child and uh, SIDS. They had, they had the child for about a year and a half. And um, it was one of those things. He, during the service, he actually got up and, and said, I want to thank everybody in the church. You know, we're going through this terrible time. Um, and we're hurting. But, you know, we can, we can kind of go, God, why did you take our child? But it would kind of negate that that year of blessing that we had from that child. Mm. And uh, they talked about during their um, dedicating the child that they gave the child to God and God gave them back that child. Huge impact on me and I'm trying not to get emotional about it and I told you, I'm, I'm, but you know, it's that you give your, God, your child to God and He loans them back to us. Mm. And I thought, Wow, that really probably impacted me bigger than anything else that I've ever, you know. My dad was an awesome dad. He hugely impacted me. But, mm -hmm. you know, just that whole concept of um, giving our kids to God and Him lending us back to us. So right. it's all in His hands. Right. They're not ours to begin with. Sure. Right. But that's probably one of the most. So... I know you're not a father. <laughs> no, it's not a father. Um, how did your dad impact you the most? Mm, my dad was a very hard worker, and um, he he liked to help people too. So uh, that was, and he would teach me a lot of stuff. So I am one of those people that loves the opportunity to learn. So if he would teach me, so. Um, I, when I bought my first house, he taught me how to build the deck, and <laughs> and he he wouldn't come do it for me. Yeah. He taught me. He'd say, "Okay, do this," and then he'd be like, "I'll be back," <laughs> and leave. And he he'd come back and check on me. But he he knew that I liked that responsibility. He knew that I loved to dive into stuff. So he taught me how to change my oil and and stuff like that. Wow. So um, I loved my father daughter time and. Um, you know, growing up too, we would uh, go fishing or camping or something like that. But that just that it's the quality time. I didn't yeah. care what we were doing. We didn't. I didn't yeah. have to be given anything. Right. Just the time. So, like you're saying, it's exactly it's presence with the C, not presence with the T that kids really hunger for. Mm -hmm. And just by getting that, just affirms who they are and that you're not alone. Yeah, thinking about my my dad was. A busy dad too, and uh, worked with the railroad, and you know, worked long hours. But the times I remember are 
going out on hikes as a family and just spending time together and, you know, looking at rocks, you know, <laughs> just those simple things as a, mm -hmm. as a kid were pretty impactful. Yeah. I think if you can create, you know, moms and, and dads, if we can create a, a rhythm in our lives that uh, gets, our, gets us time with our kids, you know, we do, I do daddy date uh, with my kids. And I think we just got to try to get out of the mob mentality that we're going to be with all 17 of the kids and instead say one-on-one, -on -one, if it's once a week, once a month, whatever, I'm going to get just me and her or me and him and just ask those questions and make sure that I have a voice. I want a voice in my kids' lives. And I think mm -hmm. if they get to be 16 and I don't have a voice in their lives, that's me. That's on me, not on them. So I, you know, I want to I have a voice in Kennedy's life, Hannah's life, Joshua's life. Yeah. And I think that's time. Yeah, because when you get to that age, it, it's an easy time for you to come apart, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just split. But, yeah, and I think, you know, that's what the enemy wants is us to to go on them go on their own art way and us to go on our own way and not really have an impact on each other right but absolutely i think my kids have changed me as much as i've changed them too yeah. oh man i you know you think you understand things you think you know things and when kennedy was born i mean i just with even just with understanding uh the love god has for us our father has for us you know it's mm -hmm. uh not to say that you can't get there without kids. I'm just saying that when I, for me, when I, when Kennedy was born, I just understood that so much better. Because now I'm looking at this baby who offers me nothing. Offers me, can't do the chores, can't pay the bills, <laughs> can't, you know, can't talk to me, entertain me, whatever. And yet I would give my life for her. And, you know, that's the way God is with us. I mean, we, we have nothing to offer him. We cannot... Increase his whatever, and we can't do it, and yet he still loves us enough to give his life for us. So, uh, yeah, you're right, having kids has changed me too, for sure. Hmm. Wow. So, um, one thing that we like to talk about here is how do you get involved? You know, that's that's a lot of it. Um, how can we get involved as far as the church, as far as missions? I know that's a pretty open statement. Sure. I mean, I don't know where our listeners are exactly, but if you can get involved in your local church, um, you know, go. And I, I encourage you to do, do church where you do home and school. You know, I think our kids that go to school with other kids that go to church and all that, I think that we need to be inviting our neighbors to, to church. And if you live an hour away from where you do church, that's not very, very uh, feasible. So I encourage you to do, do church where you do home and school. And then, um, so if you're in the Great Oaks area, come check us out. We would love to have you. Missions-wise, just look for those opportunities. I think first it's church, then it's mission. So, mm -hmm. you know, plug in, mature in your faith, serve your local church. They, your local church needs needs your help right now in kids ministry and greeters and ushers and you know, financially, and teachers, whatever. Uh, so serve there. For If you can't serve there, I don't think you should run to Peru, <laughs> you know, but uh, serve there first, and then look for those opportunities. Ask your pastor, ask the leaders, and um, get there. And uh, I, I've always said that I think every serious, mature Christian should go on at least one international mission trip. It, tr it will transform your life, if you've never been before. It will open up your worldview. It will 
transform your life for sure. So um, no excuses, you know, just go, go to one and it'll be good. Yeah, my dad spent a lot of time doing mission trips around the country and, you know, different areas. So, yeah, get involved, get involved. That's a, what we always talk about. I can't so. wait to hear your son's story. Are you bringing him on? Good question. It depends on him. Well, you've been listening to In the Neighborhood. We're on WPEO Saturday mornings. We're also on GPS TV. Uh, that's cable TV throughout Peoria, East Peoria, and even Canton um, on Friday nights and uh, PeoriaLife.com. And make sure you spend time and uh, love your kids. Happy Thank Father's you. Day. Happy <laughs> Father's Day. PeoriaLife.com.